grace and peace, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a magnanimous day. It's your girl, Yammy, a.k.a. Yams Be Saying. And you are now listening to Can I Be Honest? Can I Be Honest? So, I'm still trying to figure out my way through this whole podcasting thing. I don't know if I want to do it weekly. I don't know if I want to do it once a month. And oftentimes, um, I move by inspiration. If I don't see anything that I want to talk about, I don't talk about anything at all. I'd rather um, give you guys really good content as opposed to just giving you guys content just to fill up a void. So I'm still trying to work through that. So I apologize for not coming back uh, or taking a week off. But to be quite honest with you, I guess now when this is posted, it'll probably be two weeks. But I had a lot going on last week. So... Last week was the week of, and let me get my trusty ca- uh, calendar out. It was the week of the 6th through the 10th. I'm recording this on the 17th now. Um, and that was spring break from my daughter. Now I know you're like, spring break? Yeah, bruh. Like, this quarantining and being a, you know kindergarten teacher joint this thing is it's rough and your girl don't even have a job so I can only imagine for those of you balancing multiple kids or you know um you know doing this while working how you know taxing this can be on you bro but I mean even with a routine and a schedule I'll be waking up someday like do I have to go to school <laughs> so it was spring break and I decided to break you know woke up late did what I wanted to do. I mean, not not really. I was still kind of working because it was spring break. Um, it was my uh, daughter's sixth birthday, which we'll get into a little later. And then um, we had a whole resurrection production that I uh, participated. Or, well, I was a part of the producing and fundamental planning for, which was dope. So let's get right into it. So spring break. Um. We, that's what we did. We just, and I said that earlier, but we just broke. We didn't do much of schoolwork. I mean, I went over sight words with my kid because I know that repetition makes for a stronger, you know, memory. And with her, though, like, my kid is the type of kid who remembers everything that she wants to remember. Take, for example, we bought her this matching game. One of the things that we've been doing in our household is family game nights, which we used to do a long time ago. I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, but um, like just been more intentional about doing it. And it's kind of one of those things that helps you learn how to do uh, several things. Strategic thinking is one. Um, how uh, how to build competition, how to learn colors, how to learn numbers. Like, especially when you get into, like, games like checkers, um, which you have to be uh, good at, or you learn or you develop the ability to look at things from all perspectives. Um, um, Uno, which teaches you about colors, paying attention or listening skills, um, and numbers. And, you know, kind of pairing those up, which is really a good, really, a really good tool for um, a kindergartner. And then um, I wish I would have think about it. I wish I would have thought about that when we were teaching her colors and numbers. We could have played Uno. Um, uh, what else do we have? Um, what's the building block thing? I can't think of it right now. But um, when you pull a block out and then you 
Like if you have to put it on top of, I can't think of it right now, but that game, um, which is also about uh, strategy, it teaches you uh, kind of about shapes and you know how to do how to build stuff. Um, if she wants to get into carpentry, um, and I'm about to sneeze. Am I about to sneeze? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and um, a matching game, uh, which we purchased uh, for her. Would she be? I'm talking about. Would I tell you this girl be killing us, especially me, because the girl struggles with uh, memory. That's not my. St- I don't know what happened. Um, but like I've always, I've always been kind of not that great at memory. <laughs> like I remember when I was a, um, a communications training officer, when I trained um, uh, people on how to, you know, do nine one one calls and dispatch police fire, and you know, teach them about the policies and memories, memory skills to learn or develop for when they have to take tests. Because I, I work for Gwinnett County, and Gwinnett County is probably one of the hardest when it comes to um, test taking in law enforcement most agencies in georgia require maybe a 70 percent it's a c average to pass um their their skills taking tests and this is academic plus physical but with Gwinnett the requirement was a 90 you had to have an a or uh, you know a low a or whatever 90 percent out of 100 in order to um be considered for the position so one of the things i used to tell them is that um you have to magnify what you're good at to offset the things that you're not good at. For instance, I knew that my memory skills weren't that great. So my typing skills had to, my typing skills were bomb, especially when I was a dispatcher. Boy, you girl used to type a thousand words per minute. <laughs> um, and that's the same thing. Uh, well, what I think about when I think about memory, when I think about memory, memory, it's not always been my strong suit, but the girl, Boy, you put a matching game in front of her, she be whooping me and her dad up. But for Tabitha, it's only when she's interested in things. If she's interested in a thing, if you can make it fun or creative or something like that, boy, she's all in. That's how she was able to learn how to spell her name. Her dad, surprisingly, came up with a song to teach her how to spell her name, and that's how she learned. But you give her something in a routine, boring, you know, blah, blah, blah way of thinking, she'll tap out. And that's, I think, that's one of the things I think that she, that, it shows what she has that is a composite of both of us. Like I, I may be super duper creative, but I operate in both brains. I'm I can be creative and not creative in um instinctively. And her dad is kind of one of those things like if you're not interested if he's not interested in the topic that you present to him, but he's not gonna be he gonna be tapped out a little bit. So she has a little bit of us. But the stuff that he does know, obviously he's he exceeds in information, but you but you have to capture his attention. So we've been using those things to kind of help with training her up on how to be, you know, proficient and, you know, in the things that we need her to be proficient in when it comes to kindergarten. So like she's or first grade, I'm sorry. So she's learning, but she's not learning. So we kind of did do some learning uh, stuff throughout the, um, the spring break, but it wasn't like as intentional hardcore as it is, you know, when school is actually in session. Um, so the other thing actually involving Tabitha was that she turned six um, on April 10th. 
I was, we had intended this year to take her to Disney World. We had never told her this because Lord knows that if I had to hear, like, are we going to Disney World? A billion times I wouldn't have been able to survive. And specifically with the coronavirus, and, you know, I've been, I've been really thinking about this. One of the things that we do, just because she's so inquisitive and she's so kind of ahead of our time, in our opinion, is we talk to our daughter. So instead of being like, oh, well, this is a new normal and this is not, this is what's not, you know, this is what's going to happen and not kind of letting her into like what's happening around her and how it affects her, we sat now with her. You know, for whatever reason, she had already been briefed, I guess, through her school or listening to her friends about coronavirus. I mean, I can give you, I can do a whole podcast on what she knows and how she's interpreted it. Um, and not all from, not all from us. Cause I don't, I mean, we talk about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? We talk, we talk politics and stuff like that. And I don't know if we think that she's always listening, but we try, like my husband and I are, can be either completely different or completely the same on a lot of topics when it comes to policies and uh, politics and how we would uh, politics and how we would approach that. Um, But essentially a lot of the stuff we realized she had previous knowledge of. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Tim will have uh, CNN on all day or the news on all day. Your girl needs to see things in pockets. Too much negativity affects my soul. And when you be watching the news, you know, 24 hours a day, I just can't, I have to, I have to expose myself to sunlight. Um, that's, that's the nature of, or positivity. Sunlight equals positivity. It's the nature of being, um, a Florida girl, I suppose. Um, but essentially, uh, um, she had already been feeling some kind of way about this. So like, um, with the coronavirus, she had come to us and she was like, you know, you know, I'm so tired of this coronavirus. I just really wish that the people would, you know, get a lot better. And we're so, I'm so tired of the fact that, you know, our president didn't do what he was supposed to do to keep us safe. Granted, this is not a conversation that we've had with our daughter in person. This is something that she, because she had been already talking about how, you know, all I hear is coronavirus this, coronavirus that, you know, coronavirus, coronavirus. Don't we know that we have a God <laughs> that we serve that, you know, can do all things? I'm talking, I promise to you, like, I don't even know where she gets this language from. Because, I, I mean, it, like, yeah, we're both ministers. Yes, I have a master's degree in Christian ministry. But, I like, I'm not, like, I don't, I'm more CCM than I am Kojic when it comes to talking about God and stuff. So it's more, like, I sound more like Joe Osteen. Like, we love you, Lord. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like, it's like like the brimstone of fire <laughs> that be coming out of Samantha's mouth sometimes. So I just be like, no. What? And, and 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 granted, she has a lot of influences. She has a lot of people who love the Lord, who are you know her godparents, are you know minister things like that. Uh, her her parents, her grandparents, her granddad. You know, so I, I'm not oblivious to the fact that she might be you know kind of influenced in a different way. But it was like it's crazy to me how she thinks that I think all that to say she had already been having a little bit of a meltdown because she was just kind of like, yo, coronavirus is already affecting the fact that I can't go to Chuck E. Cheese and I'm so sick of it, you know? So 
it was a smart move not to tell her we were going to Disney World. She would have had a complete fit. But um, what I decided to do um, was throw her a virtual party. You know, I had been seeing people doing like Zoom parties anyway, just or Zoom connections and stuff like that. So I sent out an evite on the 1st of April. I had already been thinking about it maybe two weeks prior to that, but the 1st of April, 10 days from her birthday, sent out an evite to some of my friends. And I was just kind of like, hey, we're having a virtual painting party. You know, um, at this time, I made it at 5.30 uh, for 30 minutes. And, you know, we had singing and we had cake and, you know, we had um, uh, Zoom has the ability, you have the ability to share your screen. So we did the painting thing from that, painted a unicorn and it was dope for her. It wasn't a party, it wasn't a party that she had like last year, which was amazing. But, I mean, we did what we could do. So in between planning a birthday party and, you know, trying to still be an effective mother, taking the needful break that I needed, resurrection. I had the fortitude to um, help produce the resurrection program at my church, which was an amazing experience. It got me at the house for, you know, more than eight hours, which I needed. Um, and just so that everybody understands, we were social distancing, blah, blah, blah. but. Um, it just was an opportunity to kind of flex my skill sets. And uh, again, talking to my mentor, she said in the past, yo, bruh, um, you were so gifted, you know, you know, things like that a number of times, but what I'm really using this quarantine time to do is really hone in on the thing I'm, I've, I'm giving myself an opportunity that I never gave myself. And I have been for the past couple of years or for, for the past year. And it's to try out things, even if I don't succeed, try things out to see if I like it, try things out to see if it fits me. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm the type of person that if I put my mind to it, I can do it like anything. I really don't see if if I'm focused in on uh, doing a task. I really don't have any real limitations. I can I can be ex- excellent in a lot of areas, um, but that's problematic for me because sometimes it feels like I'm ping ponging from from end to end. So for a year or so, I've been giving myself an opportunity to just try and fail and and see if I like something and see if I'm interested in it and see if I want to continue to do it. The same thing, like the, the, one of the things that I'm doing is this podcast. I had an idea for it maybe a year ago, but can I do it? Do I want to do it? Is it something that I, I can do that I want to do? Because I've put in a lot of time and energy in doing things that I can do. And I know it might seem very fickle to some people when I'm okay with that, but I can't live for y'all, especially if it's just solely affecting me. My productivity has to come from a a place of not only can I do it, but do I want to do it? Does it feel right? Does it feel good? I've done a lot in doing what I had to do just to survive, but I want what my desire is. And the thing that I've been really seeking God about and praying for is, um, what I can do, that I want to do, that I like to do, that I can do consistently. And I've come to the conclusion that it may it may look differently every quarter, and that's fine. But I'm doing a lot of trial and error right now um, in, in my life, and I'm actually enjoying it because I'm trying to see not just, again, uh, what I can do, but what I like to do. So far, I've been liking to do this podcast. 
if I can come up with a th- if I can get like an intern to help me come up with you know concept thoughts and ideas and stuff like that I'm sure I can go ahead and do this um for at least a year or 12 <laughs> I don't know so um that's been that but first a word from our sponsors flexing um my skill sets but one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you guys about was uh the Clark sisters movie I don't know if you guys have been able to catch up on I'm sure plenty of people at least the people who are on my feed have been watching it and have had a number of wonderful things to say about it and and this is probably a topic that I want to further develop in the future based on this but I kind of wanted to just talk about um basic things that I saw and that I liked and that I that I don't know came to my mind when thinking about the Clark sisters movie one first of all I felt like this movie was kind of like Maddie Moss featuring the Clark sisters and I'm okay with it um the lady who played Maddie Moss Anjanoon um I know I remember seeing her in Quantico and I didn't realize until I started seeing like all the pictures first of all she looks like the casting for this movie was excellent I'm talking about the people and I like I'm uh, the Clark sisters uh, being and I don't know if any of my Haitian friends or Haitian American friends can really attest to this. There's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a thing where I feel like I kind of got a lot of it, but I kind of missed out on it, too. Being that I'm Haitian, uh, uh, I'm impatient in America or born in America of Haitian with parents of Haitian descent. I feel like I was exposed to a lot of stuff, but I wasn't exposed to some a lot of the stuff, right? Like content-wise, as far as growing up in, in in American society, and one of it could be like um, music, for instance. Um, I hear um, Kev on stage talk about how he wasn't like his mama used to listen to Anita Baker, but he didn't know nothing about Anita Baker until he was a lot older. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel about like kind of gospel churchy music, and it just just stuff in general there's a lot of stuff that my husband was exposed to um that that he understands so like when they make like jokes and stuff like that he understands we we talk a lot about this my friends and I when it comes to like like pivotal black movies that like everybody's like oh you had to see you know if you haven't seen it revoke my black card that's when I'd be like you know I'm Haitian so I don't really care (laughs) but um that's the same thing with just kind of music and, and gospel music. But one of the one of the people that I was exposed to, well, no, not as an, when I think about it, the person who exposed the Clark sisters to me was Kiki. Shout out to Kiki in Jacksonville, Virtuous Productions. She put me on to the Clark sisters, and that was that was that last final album that they did like live with Donald McClurkin or something like that. That, that, that was that. And I, and I retrospectively went back and I checked in and I talked about, or I, I peeped in on some of the stuff and some of the stuff I had already been exposed to. I just didn't know where it came from. So I'm familiar. I say all of that to say that I'm familiar very much so with the Clark sisters, but I, I didn't grow, grow up on them. A lot of their content or songs I knew, but I didn't grow up on them. For instance, I don't know if y'all knew this, but that, um, Jay-Z has a song on 444 called Family Feud, which they take a portion of um, the Clark sisters' um, 
they sample a portion of the or not sample maybe Beyonce singing I don't know but it's so it's so perfect and it's when I heard that it sounded like it sounded like a sample but I didn't know it so it's like the the higher 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 that is a part of a Clark sister song called Hi-ya, H-I-H-I-Y-A, I think, that they use. And when I was looking, like, I'm the, I'm the weird person that still looks at discographies or look at, like, who produced a song or whatever. I had seen a while ago that um, Twinkie's name was on the credits, but I thought she had just kind of helped to influence them at that time. I didn't know that they were actually taking that sample, but I say all that to say, and I say all that to say is my go back to like, for me to try to remember what I was talking about. Cause I can go in a rabbit hole. Um, but I was, <laughs> I say that to say I was exposed to the Clark sisters music, so and I was familiar with them and based off of what I had been familiar with because I had gone through you know you know following Kiara Sheard um following uh, uh Karen Clark especially when um what's that song they sampled from Joe Scott you love me especially different that song I had gone back and followed them so based off of what I know the casting was done impeccably and even when they do side by sides they kind of look alike to me and I don't know if I'm just because I I was enamored with the movie already if I'm just kind of making it fit but to me it looked like it was a good fit so um and I had already wanted to know more about Maddie Moss anyway because I I think I was watching an interview with Jay Moss where he was talking about how dope Maddie Moss was Maddie Moss was a monster like a monster for the time frame that she was kind of coming up and she had to stand her ground and she was a woman in charge of uh, 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 um, uh, um, the music a part of uh, and most people don't like to say it but the preaching game was a, a male dominated world especially in the black preaching um, game uh, a male dominated world she was killing and I wonder sometimes if there is a cost if the cost of being a boss chick like a Maddie Moss is, you know, the sacrifice of a love life. Cause if you read, if you learn about her story, you find out that she was married twice. The last marriage ended, um, before the Clark sisters, um, album came out. And I don't, I don't mean, I don't know if she was getting it on after that. She was, but she, there's no mention of that in the future. The other thing is Twinkie. Twinkie who wrote all of or most of the songs for the Clark sisters had a one love that we know of. But then you have Dorinda and you have uh, Jackie and Karen who are all married and who have all had su successful careers in different endeavors and still were able to do it. But they weren't the Twinkie or the Maddie Moss. Like, do you get, do you get what I'm saying? Like, Karen is dope. Uh, what they call her, the Michael Jackson of, you know, the Clark sisters. But she wasn't Twinkie. And she wasn't Maddie Moss. Like, so, uh, and I often wonder if, if there is 
for some a cost or like if if or maybe it's just that um what was it I was it an interview that I was watching I don't know if it was Terrell with the Clark sisters or an interview with Twinkie I can't remember because Twinkie wasn't on the interview with Terrell but there was a a comment made about how Maddie Moss created some of her best content when she was broken in her broken state and after that I started listening like I fell into a rabbit hole of listening to kind of the Beyonce and Jay-Z albums that led to um that last album that they did the card the uh everything's love or something like that and they were masterfully made but out of heartbreak and this is a story of a successful love story but it's a successful love story that had heartbreak now I know that for some of us heartbreak is a part of uh like our story that keeps us motivated in different ways but is it a necessary requirement to be a boss chick or a boss male and is it the same i don't know i maybe need to get some of my girlfriends to have a a convo with me on this podcast about how it how that looks i know that i spend a lot of time listening to older women who have been married to see kind of like the people who I consider boss chicks are, have been married or are married um, just to kind of get their perspective on some of the stuff. And then like, I've been reading, I've been watching a lot of content concerning women too. So I need, I need a different perspective because I was watching Miss America. Um, It's a TV show on Hulu and Ooh, I can't remember her name. God, I was just researching her the other day, though. But one of the main characters that they talk about, they like this super conservative um, young uh, woman who, um, and if you haven't watched it, you probably want to watch it. Super conservative woman who is considering running for um, um, a Senate seat. She's failed twice, but like her husband doesn't want her to do it. Because he feels like, and this is this takes place in sixties, seventies, or seventies, so um, doesn't want her to do it. And then um, um, she and I haven't finished the series, but sacrifices in order to get to that point. To you know the the happy happy medium, because it's kind of like, yeah, we'll let you kind of pretend she like in one of the episodes, her husband makes it seem like, yeah, we'll let you kind of do it, but we don't think that you're gonna win. So it kind of satisfies both points. It gets you to stay home where you wanted to, where I wanted you to stay home, but um, wait, it's not like me telling you that you have to stay home. And then it talks about this other lady who I can't think of, who was unmarried. And they were commenting on how she was unmarried, but she was a uh, she was forty and unmarried, but she was a pro- prolific figure in the women's movement. And then there's Shirley Chisholm, who I think was married twice, divorced, and then I think her spouse died or something like that. And those, but those those are coming from a woman's perspective. Same, but what about a men? Are there is it is it is it possible to be an explosive male, prolific figure and be married? In most cases, you find that I see, yeah, but there are other men that I think might feel different or have a differing opinion to that. Maybe we need to explore that on another episode, that thoughts process. Either way, um, 
I don't think I even got to what I really wanted to talk about about the the Moss project. Um, just kind of still going down a rabbit uh, rabbit spiraling hole. But the the uh, the Clark Sisters movie was an amazing movie, and I, I learned so much. I just want to learn more about their personal, like how they dealt, how they got from stage one to stage two. That's a part of me that I'm super interested in. How did they deal with the tragedies personally, which we got a, a little bit of an, a, an answer to, but how they, how they pushed beyond that. Well, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. I don't know. Give me some ideas of what you want to talk, send, uh, talk about or need to talk about. Send it to me. And let's have some fun with this. I hope to uh, talk to you guys another time or sooner or later or whatever. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.